Hello and welcome to the third episode of the podcast Sado, the sitcom archive deep dive overdrive. My name is Alison. I'm a, I am your co-host. And I'm Eggs Benedict. I'm your other co-host. And welcome to looking at the second episode of The Good Life, um, the episode entitled Say Little Hen. Yeah, it's um, it's a sec- it's our third episode, but it's the second episode of the series, confusingly. So the aim of the podcast is that you can listen along with us um, while we talk through each of the episodes, one after the other, of um, The Good Life. And you can join in at any point um, on social media, get in touch uh, and just tell us what you think. Yeah, I think one of the great things about The Good Life is that it's not... Um like a lot of sitcoms from the 70s and 80s, you don't need to have seen what happened last week. So jump in, watch an episode, and then listen to the corresponding episode with us while we pull it apart and have fun with it, I think. And we'd love to hear from you. Um, if you if you want to get in touch with anything, point anything out to us, um, just just get involved. It'd be great to hear from you. Yep, our email is sadopodcast.gmail.com and we're all over the social media. I'm sure you'll find us if you search us using Podcast. In the last episode, I did raise the um, the question of um, Tom's use of centimetres in the drawing office. Um, obviously, this is a show um, that was um, screened between 1975 and 1978. And I did wonder whether um, it was a regular thing to use um, centimetres in, in an office at that time. And I have found out that, yes, uh, building regulations, the steel industry and the paint industry would have been affected with the, the change to, to metrication from 1972 onwards, in case you were wondering. <laughs> and next week on Metric Standards <laughs> podcast, we'll be looking at feet Tune and in. inches. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just wanted to clear that up. No, good on you. So as we've taken a deep dive into episode two, um, there is a few issues that sort of arise um, from a rewatch, um, highlighting that this is a TV show of a different time. So a hashtag different times. Um, there's lots of things uh, made reference to that perhaps um, you wouldn't look at in the same way um, in 2020. Um, so we're just sort of making you aware of that, that we're aware of that. Um, as we're doing this. It's like our blanket disclaimer, isn't it? That we know that um, things that were said in the 70s and 80s aren't necessarily acceptable in today's woke environment. However, we're not going to necessarily dwell on all of them because that would make for quite a boring podcast, I'm sure everyone agrees. So we'll just cover it off with hashtag different times when things are a little bit (laughs) wrong. So let's get to it. Um, This is the second episode, Say Little Hen. Good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. So at the start of this episode, we see Tom on the beginning bit of his self-sufficiency journey, turning up back at his house with a goat in the back of Jerry's car. Um, And the goat is obviously to be put in the garden um, and to to get milk from um, and to be part of their self-sufficient life. Um which really made me laugh when they when they got the goat out of the car <laughs> and um put him into the garden obviously from that point onwards um the, the the life is changing quite rapidly for um for the goods and this is where we begin to see the relationship between the goods and the neighbors the ledbetters 
who don't really approve of the fact that the goods garden is all being dug up. Um, there's greenhouses being smashed next door. And we see Margot for the first time. Last Yay. week, she was just a voice from a bedroom. And we saw we see Margot over the garden wall for the first time in all her glory. It's brilliant to see Margot. She was so missing in that first episode. Yeah, um, yeah. I, and, um, you know, just on um, on the on the goods and the leads betters, which is now it probably gets stuck into the fact that we got these two very different neighbours. Did you? Mm. I mean, presumably you picked up that the writers Esmond and Larby they wrote the reason Jerry's called Jerry is because they had a Tom, so they decided they might as well have a Jerry. Tom and Jerry, yes. But one thing I hadn't realised until I started researching the show in general was that the reason the lead betters are called the lead betters is because it's like the goods and the betters. Oh my goodness! There we go. Yeah, I like that. Bit, of, bit of trivia for you. <laughs> goods and betters, yeah. Oh, fabulous. So, um, I must admit, with with Margot um, appearing over the wall, I, di- oh, I didn't warm to her on a rewatch of this. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, I quite struggled with the um, the Margot character in this episode. Um, the, the the aim for the Ledbetters at this stage is to try and coax Tom back to work full-time with Jerry um, and away from this noisy, stinky lifestyle that they've, that they've sort of taken on. Um, and that's the whole sort of premise of, of say, Little Hen, that they get the boss round, um, Sir, as they call him, um, to come round and try and coax him back um, to work and to just give up on this, this, this daft notion that, he's, um, that they're going to be self-sufficient at home and not have to work. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's it's a little bit of um, by stealth, isn't it? Because Jerry's got his plan mm. that he's put in place, which comes from a good place. He wants to help Tom see the light, as far as he's concerned. Tom's idea is stupid, and and Margot's attitude is that, you know, he's inflicted it on poor Barbara, and it's all yes a facade. I think she calls it, you know. And they've got a very superior yeah. attitude to the goods life decisions. Um, yes, but it comes from a good place. They want to help because they just don't understand decisions mm. they've made i think it's quite yes. funny when when um when jerry comes home he's straight on the gin again did you notice that <laughs> i did and then doubled up when margot said that it was too early so he just tipped hers into his own glass which yeah. did make yeah it did make he's me laugh straight, yes straight on the gin. gin jerry and then i think i think later on in the episode he's lay on the on the deck chair outside like having a bit of a snooze and i thought that's not that's no snooze that's no, no natural sleep that's that's gin passing out that isn't it yeah, gin coma. Um, <laughs> it's, a gin, it's a gin coma. But um, <laughs> on the subject of you said outside on his on his deck chair, it's not really yes. outside, is it? It's one of those inside for outside um, studios, I think. And it's yes. it's quite jarring because this is what you find with 70s sitcoms, and we'll find this as the podcast goes on. You have this weird juxtaposition between 16mm film for the outside mm. bits, like, in, like Barbara in a greenhouse, yes. and then it yes. cuts to... To, G- to Margot and Jerry's patio and it's quite clearly lit by studio lights and with a fake yeah. backdrop and it's totally different mm. and it, yeah. uh, you know when you're used to the, today's very um, I mean a, a, a sitcom you can't see the blends these days mm. I thought it was quite jarring it is it's, it's really obvious isn't it it really is in this episode, obviously, we are introduced to the God's Kitchen, which uh, you mentioned was the missing um, character in the first episode, the God's Kitchen, that's that, that cosy, um, the centre of their house. 
Um, so it was nice to it was nice to see it um, in this episode. I thought. Yeah, and um, and of course, as we go in there, Tom's busy making his goat's butter, isn't he? <laughs> yes, churning away at the goat's butter that just ends up like slop, and then he puts chicken poo fingers in it. Oh, dirty bastard! Yeah. Um, so it's it's just it's just ruined ruined anyway with his chicken poo fingers. Yeah, that made him make a lot of noises, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it did. Bloody noise making prick. But he's um. It I, did. I, have you ever had goat's milk? I mean goat's butter. I have. Ha- yes, yes, I've had goat's milk. It's it tastes. Um, it's got a taste all of its its own. It's a it's a strange one. Um, it's quite meaty if dairy can taste meaty. I think um, so. I can't imagine that goat's milk butter is much better. To be honest, no. People tend to not like um, dairy that's coming from the sheep and goats. I don't mind goat's mm. cheese. I think it's lovely. But apparently, yeah. Apparently, goat milk has a significantly lower lactose content than milk from most yes. other animals, which makes it easier yes. digestible for humans. So, yes, it's got better. It's something to do with like um, the absorption of micronutrients. And there's mm. more iron and calcium going into the body. So as far as sustainability and living well, it actually stands up what they're doing there, I think. Oh, well, that's a big thumbs up for, for goat's milk butter then, isn't it? Yeah, and for Tom. Good on you, Tom. And for Tom, with his noise making. But yes, I like that. Um, and I think they decided anyway that they were going to give it back to the goat. Um, so it wasn't going to get wasted. I think obviously knowing what the series sort of brings up in in um in subsequent episodes um seeing Margot for the first time um it was it was a bit of a bit of a shock at how much I didn't enjoy her as a character in this episode um and the way that she's she's quite I know she's sort of judgmental um but quite mean spirited in this episode I thought um she just seems to add the, the lack of understanding and so unsympathetic. Um, and I think she even calls Barbara pathetic to, to um, her face. <laughs> Felicity. Yeah. Um, behind her back and to her face. She calls her pathetic, um, which, yeah, it didn't, it didn't really sit well with me that I felt quite sad about that. Um, and I think even to quote her, she says, um, degradation, misery and squalor. And we have to live next door to it when she refers to their decision. Um, yeah. to follow this kind of lifestyle and says that it's social suicide. And um, I thought, blimey, as time goes on, um, perhaps Margot is someone that, that learns and listens and um, becomes a bit more open-minded about it. But in this episode in particular, I think it really does highlight the differences between the two couples. Yeah, and her snobbery. And, and she's very, mm. sca- very scathing. But again, she's still redeemable because... I mean, initially she's, um, you know, albeit with a with a, a touch of um, superiority, she's happy to be mm. helping them by giving them leftover dinner, which of course they give to the chickens. Yes, yeah, um, but straight away she makes the assumption that they can't afford food, and oh yes, of course you can have our little bits of leftovers that I'm putting in the bin. But even then, she 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 brings that up in front of the company, and um, is quite scathing about it. So. Yeah, it it did make me a little bit a little bit cross. Um, but the the outdoor um, drinks before the, the the meal, the supposed meal that that's going to take place, 
Sir's wife, Felicity, does come across as quite an open-minded and someone willing to sort of listen and understand and and, and hear what people are saying because she does ask lots of questions about this new she's lifestyle inter- and she wants to know more about she? it. She's really interested, yeah, um, and doesn't seem to be as condemning as the, as the others, which um, I thought that was quite nice and it was, it, it was quite a nice sort of juxtaposition against what I saw as being a bit of a, a bullying atmosphere. It was nice to hear someone on board. Good writing, I thought, because you know, you know, it's good to yeah. have someone who's a little bit more laissez-faire and just happy, mm. f- happy for them. And I, I don't know. She she seemed interested and thought it was an adventure, but at the same time, she seemed smacked off her tits to me. I think she was on the Prozac or whatever the nineteen seventies equivalent yeah. was, Valium or something. <laughs> yeah, and then a gin when she arrives, obviously, as she's through the door. If Jerry left um, any gin off Jerry, yeah. Um, she she does say as well, um, which I thought was quite poignant. Um, I wanted to do something when I was young, and then I married Andrew, and that was the end of that. And it made Aww. me feel quite sorry for her, because um, yeah. maybe she sort of sees Barbara as 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 the life that she perhaps an avenue she might have um, followed um, in the past if she'd not married Sir. Yeah, but now she's she's sort of lumped in with him. I think she just accepted yeah. her accepted her lot, hasn't she? And of course we have yeah. this we have this deference given to Sir again, like we had in the first mm. episode where they turn up. Apart what well, again, Tom to his credit, he just turns up and he goes, Oh, it's old Andy Which is Yeah. Which is exactly how he should be, in my opinion. I know in the seventies yeah. you treat your boss with probably a bit more um a bit more formally, but I don't particularly mm. I don't really like the way they um particularly the way Jerry is very sycophantic and toady. Jerry's up an ass licker, isn't he? He really is. He he's yeah. he's yeah. And I don't really understand mm. this whole thing about calling people by their titles because I mean, even now you've got chefs like Gordon Ramsay who want to be called Chef Ramsay. And I don't, I just don't get it. I mean, you no. know, so yeah, we know you're a chef. Why do we have to address you such? We don't get on, you know, we don't talk to bus driver Ken. Or, you know, <laughs> we don't give everyone the title of their job. That would just be annoying. I think it just shows an ego in, in terms of, uh, there's a weird thing with chefs. I think they're very egocentric, especially the TV variety. That is true, yeah. It's not for me. No. Did, were you telling me, though, that chef had some meaning? Re- yes, the the word chef in Spanish is jefe, which is also the name of boss. It's the word for boss as well. So chef mm. and uh, and boss have the same have the same word, jefe. So it must be mm. just some authority thing that maybe that's yeah. why he insists on being called Chef Ramsay with while he's furloughing yeah. his workers, so he doesn't have to pay him. Mm. Pay. It's yeah. just it's just the jefe. We've just lost Gordon. He's he's not listening to the podcast anymore. <laughs> Fuck off, you craggy face bastard! I'm not bothered. <laughs> he had him filled in though, didn't he? He's cracked. Did he? Has he had some yeah, plastering done? So. Yeah, if you if you looked at the, honestly, if you looked at some pictures from maybe sort of ten years ago, he's he's far more craggier than he is now. So he's as smooth as a baby's bottom now, is he? Not 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 quite. No no, um, a very sort of wrinkly baby's bottom, but. Well, you can't polish smoother a turd. than he was. No, but you can roll it in glitter, which it, it, that's what appears to have happened. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, that was a little segue into Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I, that we haven't mentioned that I just wanted to quickly pull back to is when yeah. Tom and Tom and Barbara popped out to try and encourage their chickens to mate. Yes. I, I found it interesting, um, although very subtly introduced, that the chicken was called Lenin. 
Yes. I think that's a nod, isn't it, to the sort of... Um, it's not a political show, even though you've clearly got um, Margot and Jerry who are very conservative. Um, yes. Tom and Barbara don't really show any political bias, but there's a sort of nod to a more socialist um, yes. way of living. Way of life, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I did spot that and thought it was quite, yeah, it's quite an unusual name for a chicken, I think. Yeah, I don't think um, they call the rest of but- them Trotsky and... <laughs> <laughs> Although that would actually suit the goat because the goat trots. Trotsky! That's what you call a goat, isn't it? Yeah. I think I'm going to have to write to John Larby now. Mind you, he's probably well dead, isn't he? Did, she not, did they not call the goat Margot? Is that not what... Well, that's what they I'm say, sh- but um, in future mm. episodes, she's known as Geraldine, isn't she? Of course she is, so she's not Margot. I think it was just a rib, wasn't it, to, to sort of annoy, annoy Margot. That either that or they just... after her. Either that or it was just a lack of consistency. It wouldn't surprise me if, yeah. they, if they just decided to ditch that idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life, good life. Um, so where were we? So at the dinner party, I think Jerry's just trying to get yes. Tommy's job back, isn't he? He describes him as a thundering good draftsman. Yes. Tom, straight away, he's just not being taken, he's not taking him on at all, is he? He's not interested and the and the more that they sort of try and encourage him and 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 sell it to him to come back to work, um, Tom Tom is he's, he's completely turned off to the idea. He really has sold he's he's sold into this new this new lifestyle. Yeah, and he and, he, and there's a lot of exposition there as to how it's going to work. They talk about you know harvest time, save using the savings till harvest time, selling mm. some stuff, using dung to make gas to Margot's horror. Yes, and you know they're working hard, but they don't see it as work, and it's it it just sets that seed again for what they're doing and their commitment to it. I think it's a nice bit of exposition that doesn't seem forced. Mm. Yeah. Did you notice the meal that Margot um, handed over the fence? She referred to as a rustic pot roast. Rustic <laughs> pot roast, and it was it was it shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie, and then the meal that she was preparing Love for it. them that night was asparagus and canard a la paysan. <laughs> was the asparagus from like Iceland or something like that? It was from like the frozen the frozen shop because because it wasn't in season as well, oh, which I thought was 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 quite poignant. I think Felicity the, made the, a comment that it looked just like it did on on the tin. On the, on the tin. <laughs> I like Felicity. Which, I think she's game. I did. I thought she was a great character, and I think she took the story on a little bit. She sort of like rolled the story on um, to that next level of right. This is what we're doing. We're doing this and. War betide anyone that's that's sort of going to stand in our way. We are doing it, and, and, she's, and I thought she was she was quite a cute little cheerleader for them. I think, and she was a good foil as well with um, Sir because mm. you've got Sir who's all bluster, isn't he? Even when Tom and Barbara arrive, he's like, good, good, yeah. and she's you know a completely different character, and they're almost an odd yes. couple themselves, aren't they? Because Tom and Barbara yeah, definitely. aren't an odd couple. Jerry and Margot aren't an odd couple, but the two of them are odd couples. They're coupled couples, yes. which is a, a sitcom coupled troupe. Coupled couples, yes. Yes. Um, you see coupled um, couples in certain sitcoms through the years, and that's where the, the juxtaposition is in this one. Rather than having yes. a, a man and a woman, or, I mean, these days it you know could be any gender, but back then, a man and a woman who were slightly different, they're not. But the couples are friends, and they've got totally different um, life views and values. Yeah. Well, maybe not values, because I think they, the values are quite... That's probably one of the things that, that keeps them on the same 
that binds them together because I think they mm. they, they both have strong values of fairness and um, uh, helping each other out and just doing the right thing. But they de- definitely have different worldviews. Yes, they do. They do, and I think I think. Um, that reference before to sort of like the politics, even though politics don't come into it, you can sort of read into what the situation is between um, and the differences between those couples. Um, I think, yeah, I think it again just highlights that the series was, even though um, it's such a long time ago now, um, it it was quite ahead of its time, really. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, when when we mention it almost every episode, but when uh, the young ones took the piss out of it. Mm. And yeah. I love I love the young ones, but I, I in a way I think that the young ones has aged worse than the good life. <laughs> Do you think? Ah oh, right, okay. In a way. I mean it's mm. uh, I suppose in, in another way maybe not, but maybe we'll do the young ones one day once we finish with this. Oh please. Yeah. That'd be good. I would love that. Well none of this would have happened if you'd been doing a nice program like the good life. Tom's pride comes into play, doesn't it? Because when when they announce that they're gonna have their own dinner and it's gonna mm. be really special, they go home and talk about killing a chicken. And yes. they don't want to, but then Tom's pride won't let him not kill a chicken, so because he wants to get one over on Margot and show that he's doing something special. And that's a recurring thing. Yeah. He's a very proud man. Um, mm. And he does a little demonstration of how he's going to kill the chickens, which is quite comical. Yeah, yeah, with the onions. Quite graphic, but of course, when he goes, it was up, quite graphic. Oh, very. Yeah, I thought, bloody hell, Tom. Barbara didn't seem phased, but she didn't want to do it herself. And of course, he goes out, no. and there's a great close-up scene of him, of a chicken, <gasps> chicken staring, just staring down the barrel of a air pistol. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really like that. That yeah, that bothered me a little bit. That I liked was, it. Um, I thought it was funny because. Oh my god. I don't know. Well, he didn't do it ultimately, did he? Because um, we do see later the goods having their meal, and it's just a fried egg. <laughs> on, just a fried a egg chopped in half. I oh, know. Bless him. But did you notice that the but, goods had their own candelabras? Because Margot was worried about her candelabras needing replating before Sir came round, and I thought, oh, how how upper class, how. How seventies and sort of yeah. of its time, and I thought, well, Tom and Barbara won't be worried about that type of thing. But they had their own candelabras. They had them. They must be like leftover things from their previous life. Yeah. You think they'd sell them though for money? I'd have sold them. Yeah, as, well, maybe they weren't as plated and precious as Tom and Jerry's, eh? Yeah, uh, Tom and Jerry, Margot and Jerry. <laughs> cheaper, yeah, maybe they were cheaper candelabras. Um, but, but yeah, this and that that did it did tickle me actually that scene where they sat outside, um, and sort of playing up to um, the Ledbetters with the sitting outside and and having the dinner party again. But it was just like a little fried egg on a, on a plate, which I thought was quite sweet. Yeah, it's a nice little button on the episode as well, and then it you know yeah. goes to the it goes to the credits, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> did you enjoy? Yeah. Did you enjoy this one? Um, I didn't enjoy it as much as I anticipated I would when I first saw Margot over the over the wall. I thought, "Yay, here she is!" But um, no, I just despised her the whole the whole episode. Um, I think she is someone that you warm to as a character, but um, I think I'd forgotten how stark the differences are right at the beginning between between her and the gods. I think as well they find their way in their writing. This these early mm. episodes is um, scene setting. I think 
I think they had an audience of five million odd for these first series episodes. Right. It, by the time you're in series two and three, it's like 19 million. Yeah. Because you only had three, yeah. t- three TV channels in those days, you know. That's it. Yeah. Five million would have been quite, I suppose, quite a low number around around 1975, wouldn't it? It found its, it found its feet in the second series, definitely. But I also think mm. the, the writers found their, you know, they're great writers and the TV show that. Yeah. And they find their way to write the characters more sympathetically and, and bring great character development to to those parts. Mm, that's true. What did you think? I enjoyed it. Like I say, um, it's not the finest episode, but there was more humour in it than the mm. first one. Yeah. Um, and I didn't hate Margot in this one. In fact, I didn't even hate Tom okay. in this one. Having having said how much oh, I disliked okay. Tom in in the very first of our episodes, he's been all right in these mm. two. It's later, yeah. I think, he becomes a pain in the ass. <laughs> Yeah, I noticed that in this episode he didn't have um, a um, a shirt and tie on underneath his his pale blue jumper. Um, so he's obviously getting stuck in with the with the workloads. He's in his not well, blurring the lines. This is a good time to introduce us to Al's fashion corner. I think, isn't it? Let's play the jingle. <gasps> oh, fashion, fashion corner, corner, fashion corner, fashion corner, fashion corner. Fashion corner. So in yeah, in fashion corner this week. Um, we have a whole host of um, different fashions to look at, um, all of, of a time, all of the 70s, um, but a huge um, array, let's say, of, um, of, of fashion on offer. Um, my favourite um, my favorite outfit in this episode, I must admit, was um, Margot Sun Lounger, which is a brown and yellow and orange, um, massive flowered... Um, typical 70s print um, but it stood out to me as like wow yeah that that to me just typifies the 70s and the little deck chairs alongside which are blue and um, like a like a wonderful teal colour um, and green and to me they just typify um, the 70s and what you would sort of like lounge on outside so yeah that fabric if I could buy that fabric in, in, in like metres I would do um, thought it was wonderful um, although the, the the women in the episode, um, Felicity's dress, um, I think deserves a special mention. This this really sort of stunning um, shift dress in in browns and peaches and creams, um, and I think that when when Barbara turns up and she's just dressed in like a little brown t-shirt and corduroys, and it's supposed to sort of like show the difference between um, the Ledbetters and the life that the Goods are now leaving leading. Sorry. Um, but she looks dead sweet. She looks so cute oh, in her I little, she little corduroys. I thought she looked lovely. Oh, with her and her hair. She's obviously made an effort because her hair was all sort of like smooth and turned under. Um, but yeah, if I was going to choose an outfit um, to wear, um, that would be that would be the outfit that I would want to wear. The little brown cords and the oh, t-shirt. I thought you meant Felicity's um, for a moment. No, no, no. The no the the brownness of of um of of Barbara's outfit is yeah definitely sort of my kind of style. Um, Margot, however, goes all out Big and hair. is in this peach. Oh, it's a peach low cut number. Um, she's very busty in it, very busty. Um, with what looks like like a Charles II wig, um, with <laughs> her curly hair. So it's a it's a very odd um sort of combination of things together. Um. Not, not something that I would go for. I'd be definitely wearing the um, the Barbara outfit. Um, however, um, 
in an earlier scene, Margot is wearing um, an absolutely stunning green, white and navy maxi dress um, that looks amazing. It's like a ge geometric print um, and that got me very excited because I thought, wow, I would, I'd, I'd wear that now. I would love to wear that now. Um, so yeah, there was lots of things on, on the women, especially in this episode. Um, although men. again, another special, another special mention to Jerry's shirt. <laughs> yep. Um, at the dinner party, which is stunning, and I can imagine that being something that you'd find in maybe Ted Baker now. Um, it's like greens and browns and oranges. Um, he's got a bit of a, a cravat underneath it, I think. Well, both him green, and, him and the, Sir the, both wear cravats, a, don't they? In there's this. a lot of cravat cravatage going on um, at that dinner party. <laughs> Um, but the shirt, Jerry's shirt, yeah, stunning. Um, Sir's got a kerchief as well, hasn't he, poking out of his He has, I think hole. he has got a kerchief, yep, yep. Um, and it's that, um, like, the cream chinos and navy jacket ensemble that, that men with money wear. Yeah. Is that a bit judgy? Um, no, but well, it probably like very... was accurate of the time. yeah. Um, it just looks mismatched, like you've got dressed in the dark. It's, I think it's quite an odd combo. But uh, um, earlier in the episode, you got Jerry rocks up in his Burberry keks. You know when he's on, yes. the, on the patio, you know, drinking himself into a gin coma. He's he, <laughs> yes. he, he comes home with. I I like the idea that Jerry, when he's away from Margot, is totally different. I just like the idea that he's got this second life where he's not. An upper class guy. He's yeah. just he's just come from Stamford Bridge, where he's been giving it, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> beating up. You know, I'm gonna fucking open you up, you. Can't. <laughs> but uh, and then he comes home and he puts <laughs> on the whole Jerry hat. Slacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, maybe maybe he's a bit too well dressed for Stamford Bridge, but yeah, he does look. It's weird how fashions change because he was very much a man about town, mm. but. He, yeah. or, you know, later on that becomes that that Burberry pattern comes very much a football yeah. hooligan thing, doesn't it? And the um, dress code of chavs, basically. Yeah. So who we got? Um, who's your who is your sort of most valuable player in this one? Um, can I have a combo? Of course you um, can. I'm we can make our own rules. The, the, um, it's it's the Tom and Barbara combo um, for being prepared to stick up for what they believe in, and not being sort of like steamrolled by um, the dinner party guests. I would entirely agree with that um, conclusion. Mm. Um, Jerry, I think, has got the best of intentions and he's not quite as judgmental. Well, he, you know, he, no, mm. I suppose he is a little, but he's not as judgmental, certainly, as Margot or Andrew. Um, but Tom and Barbara really stick up for themselves. And I'm inclined, if I've got to give it to one believe it or not, to give it to Tom again because he doesn't shoot the chicken. No, he doesn't. You know? He doesn't go through with it, yeah. I'm, I think, I'm, yeah. I'm beginning to change my entire worldview. Of, well, not my worldview, but my Tom view. Your Tom view. Mm. I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. But I think, yeah, he's... Um, yeah, yay, yay Tom at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Good on you, Tom. You know he's making bastard. Mm. Well, thank you very much, Jerry. So next yeah. week, what's um, do you know what next week's episode is? I do. Um, next week, the episode is The Weaker Sex, with a question mark on the end, um, which sees Tom bartering, um, trying to reinvent the scarecrow, and Barbara heading next door to the Leadbetters for some respite. Mm. Sounds like it could be 
a little bit of its time. <laughs> I think so, yes. I tend to agree. But we'll find out. Um, I think, that is there a, a rag and bone man involved, I think, in the next episode? So Oh, is it that one where yeah, they get we'll the furnace? What? Yeah. I think so, yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, he'll be a bit cottony, won't he? And no mistake. Mm. <laughs> so join us next week for episode three of the first season of The Good Life, and it's The Weaker Sex. And in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us or look us up on social media, we're on Twitter and we're on Instagram, at Sado Podcast. We've got a Facebook page you can find by searching Sado Podcast. And we've got a website even, sado.club, where you can get more information about us. Um, we're going to be doing some blog posts on there eventually, I think, aren't we? Probably. You could do yeah. some fashion ones and I'll just do whatever I do. <laughs> and you can also listen <laughs> listen to all the episodes on there. And, um, you know, give us some feedback, um, either via social or you can send us an email at sadopodcast at gmail.com. And of course, please subscribe and um, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast because it really helps us be found um, by other people who have a penchant for 1970s comedy and sustainability. <laughs> very niche market. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks. <laughs>